Hello and welcome to episode six of series three of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. One of the things I mentioned in the last show, just in case you missed it, is that if you are signed up to our mailing list, if you are de- uh, getting emails from us about the podcast episodes, we're going to be stopping that uh, dedicated email uh, from this week, actually. So if you're listening to this in real time, that you're not going to be getting any more emails about the show. And that's because we are looking to consolidate our email communications to our audiences at the moment. So you're not going to be getting uh, any copy, any more emails of this, letting you know that the show is out the that isn't to say that the podcast is in any way going to stop we can keep keeping the podcast going um but you will have to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast already in whatever platform that you're listening to it to now you we are we are sending an email to you today if you're on that list and that will tell you if you want to stay on our main mailing list which is you'll get our general newsletter which comes out monthly which will have the podcast episodes that have gone out that month this month you have the option to stay on that list if you if you wish uh, but we are not going to be sending any more or specific emails just about the podcast. So that's just to be aware of. Um, also, we have another one of our events coming up in next month. So uh, that is on the 28th of April at uh, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, that's UK time, and that is our helping employees understand your organization's big picture. And the reason we, uh, the the whole kind of story behind that webinar is that what we find is that a a lot of leaders have challenges explaining their organization's mission, vision, and values to their employees. Um, That's because they're often too close to the detail and the story is often too complex for them to articulate, even though they they are, uh, they get it and obviously are, are part of that story. Um, and so what we're going to be looking at in that session is how how we can help them to be able to articulate that that whole narrative in a more concise and more compelling way. Um, so that's, a, as I said, it's a free webinar, 28th of April at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And if you want to sign up for that, if you go to our website, which is thebigpicturepeople.co.uk, if you go to the events tab on the top of the uh, of the page there on the menu, you, you can click on that. And the very first event that you'll see there where you can get more information or book directly is that very webinar. And now, as I say, it is completely free and uh, you're more than welcome to join us. Um, the final thing I want to just talk about before we get into today's interview is that we are still running our pulse check. If you want to access that, uh, it is a free 24 uh, question diagnostic, which will help you to establish how connected your people are to your own organizational big picture. It's 24 questions, takes about 15 minutes to complete. Uh, it's a entirely free and at the end of it we will email you a very comprehensive pdf report which gives you some ideas on how you can make some improvements or continue the great work that you're already doing based on the scores that you have put in and the scorecard that that has generated for you so if you want to access that go to pulse-check.co.uk that's pulse-check.co.uk and you can access our pulse check there and uh, hopefully you'll find those the results from that and the, uh, re- the the report that we send through to you useful anyway that's all for for for, for my introduction and i'm going to move straight on now into today's interview <laughs> 
when I first got exposure to internal communications, it wasn't as an internal communicator. I didn't have a role of internal communicator. It was when I was a line manager. And one of the things I learned in my first role as a line manager was very much that employees, first and foremost, want to know what is important to them. Their primary goal, their primary motivation is to understand uh, key things like what am I going to get paid? What shifts am I going to work if that's the type of environment they're working in? What is my holiday entitlement? Those were always really key messages that people would would want to find out for themselves and would do move heaven and earth to find out. Um, and what I learned, my one of my first line managers in that role taught me was uh, he used to use a, have a mantra, which was the core is bore, be vocal with the local, which in essence says that most employees will avoid anything to do with corporate information in favor of things that is really important to them or things that affect them or their immediate colleagues. And one of the things that I've always been really interested in is is how that now translates into a more modern digital world. That was a long time ago. That was when we used to rely solely on printed media, newsletters, notice boards for communication, um, and 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 a lot of face to face communication as well, which I still think has a huge part to play. But that 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 now, as we've transitioned into a digital world, how does that still play its part? And I think one of the challenges that we've got as internal communicators, as we become more and more uh, 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 tooled up with with apps and and devices and technology that allows us to communicate to our employees around the clock around the globe around the world no matter where they are is that we don't necessarily think about what what they need and how we communicate that to them and and how the psychology of what it is that we're trying to communicate to them needs to be tied into what's important to them we need to empathize and respect what's important to them and that isn't any way to be patronizing but it's just to think about that that psychology so in today's interview i wanted to really explore that how do we communicate change effectively to our employees using technology or using the the the, the modern tools that we have at our disposal but whilst remembering that there are some fundamental things that we need to be aware of and and also as communicators we need to be to acting as entrusted advisors, experts within our organisation, because a lot, a lot I'm finding a lot of the the push to use technology is not necessarily coming from internal communicators. It's coming from elsewhere in the organisation. New tools, new gadgets that we can use. So today's in- interview is with someone who's actually created one of these these very useful tools that, that organisations can use from an internal communications perspective, but has come at it from an enlightened perspective, which I think ties in with the the premise that people people want to be communicated what is important to them and then they will give you the time to 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 listen to and be communicated to regarding the messages that you're looking to get to them the more corporate side of the messages so that's what we're going to be looking at in today's interview and i hope you find it an interesting conversation my guest today is Sean Nolan. Sean is chief at Blink, which is a new category of enterprise software that enables companies with large frontline workforces to dramatically improve and modernize their business by moving into more engaging and fluid ways of working. Sean has worked for organizations like B-Sky-B and was the co-founder of Tomorrow Communications, where he worked with clients such as EasyJet, Fidelity, RBS, Barclays, Deutsche Bank, Standard Bank, Vodafone, EE, Sony, Cisco, Sky, Ladbrokes, and the Ministry of Defense. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hi, Craig. I'm great, thanks. 
Fantastic. A really long, impressive uh, list of clients that you worked with there in the past. <laughs> uh, where, 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 for our listeners, where are you in the world today? Where are you positioned? I know you said you were in the States last week, but where are you today? Yeah, I've just got back to, to the UK. So I'm in London today at our offices um, just in Shoreditch. In Shoreditch, fantastic, excellent. So I, I gave a bit of my uh, your introduction there as uh, as taken from LinkedIn, uh, but I'm sure there's more to that story than than uh, than I said. So tell us tell a little bit about a little bit little bit about your career, and uh, more importantly, what you're doing now and what Blink is doing. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm an, actually a network engineer by by trade. Uh, when I first graduated from university, that was that was my first job. Um, although I was very lucky at that time. And my first boss uh, uh, when I came out of university um, was an Irish guy. And, and about a year later, he sort of said to me, pulled me, pulled me to the side and sort of said, you know, come on, Sean, how about we go and do this ourselves? And, and um, he was going off to start his own company. And, and, you know, luckily for me, took me with him and took me under his wing. And, you know, that was the company, Tomorrow Communications, that we grew over about nine years um, to, to, to over 200 people serving yeah. all those clients you just mentioned. Um, and that's what really when I got into this, got interested in this area, I guess, that, that that company, our workforce was all completely remote and distributed. We'd, we'd meet mm. people for four hours on the first day. They started face-to-face and then, you know, we'd never see them again effectively. So how to build a really strong culture, how to engage people, how to enable knowledge sharing, you know, how to ultimately um, run an effective business. But also um, my, uh, the, the, the guy, Tommy, who started that business was incredibly people first. So right, he was right. very keen that we, that we ran a people-centric organization. So ultimately, we had to, um, through necessity, we ended up hiring some developers and building our own software to enable us to do that um, at scale. Um, and that's kind of really where I, I got interested in um, in the whole in employee engagement and and just sort of you know tools for remote workers. Okay, so tomorrow communications that was a that was like an app based or or a technology based communications uh, methodology or approach or system was it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I'm not very good at naming companies if you haven't if you haven't already noticed. So um, no, it was a it was a professional services firm really. So we provided right. people. Right. Um, but what we ended up doing internally was building our own software that really digitized our culture. I guess you could say. Uh, okay. These, these days you might call it an employee experience kind of suite of software, but no, the, the company itself was very much a people business um, where we, we hired engineers and, and sent them off sort of uh, onto oh, customer sites. Um, I see. You know, I, so you, so you were yeah. using the technology to communicate with your own dispersed workforce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how does that then link to what, what, well, I mean, probably easier if you explain, I explained in my introduction about the, it's a, your, your business blink is a enter, new, enter, new category of enterprise software. Tell us a little bit more about that. What does that mean? And what, 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 what does that look and feel like for, for the people who are using blink at the moment? Yeah, so a good example of that would be um, bus drivers in, in London, for example. Um, the, the majority of those would have Blink on their on their personal smartphone, so it's a mobile app. Um, and inside of that app, the, the idea is it's a one-stop shop, so it's everything they need from communications and engagement through to things like payslips and accessing their schedules and their rosters, and mm-hmm. filling out forms for things like requesting more uniform or swapping shifts or booking holiday, those types of things. So mm. you know, hopefully providing that kind of digital hub that, that, that gives them a voice, makes them feel part of the organization, but also provides a, 
a super high level of convenience um, that, that, that hopefully takes uh, gives them back a few minutes of their day. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a single sign-on integration platform where where people can access a whole range of things that they would normally have to, you know, do lots of different ways of getting that information and 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 doing those things, those tasks. You you can integrate it all into one place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Craig. So the, the key thing here is for, for most of that functionality, like we, we don't provide that ourselves. Um, mm. So what we do is we bring together all the different systems that an enterprise might already have or want, right. to, or want to have and deliver to frontline workers. And and we've, we pack, sort of package it up so it's accessible, as you said, via single sign-on in one mobile app. So yeah. frontline workers um, only need to download and install one app um, versus you know trying to download and install six or seven apps for, for, for different functionality. Yeah. Um, Okay. In doing that, you know, basically we get incredibly high adoption and incredibly high engagement with the application, and that enables us to do to ultimately to be able to reach those workers in a softer way as well, so we can give them a voice and give them a sense of agency um, in the organisation. Okay. Okay. So, it, are, are most of your clients uh, and their employees then what you've said there is kind of remote or away from not not based at a desk? I guess. So I know not, not not in this world that many people are based at a desk, or if they are, it's 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 their home desk. But they're they're kind of more naturally their roles are dispersed, even in you know a non pandemic world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our, our customers would, would would have a large frontline uh, workforce, typically sort of over seventy or eighty percent of their workforce. Um, so that can be you know healthcare people like nurses mm. and doctors in hospitals. It can be in transit, so bus drivers or, tr- or train drivers. Um, it can be in manufacturing or facilities management mm. um, or logistics. Those kind of those kind of industries where people are, are are mobile for a lot of the day. Probably they're probably remote. Uh, they might not have a workplace email address or workplace device. Um, mm. So previously they might have relied on paper notice boards, paper forms. You know, they'd get their information via probably via word of mouth or rumor over over a single source of truth. Um, oftentimes, mm. um, so yeah, very much kind of those organisations where you know it's not for you, for you or me maybe who sit behind a laptop for most of the day. It's, yeah. it's for yeah. It's yeah, for, it's for the real workers. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, not often a forgotten group. I mean, we've covered we've covered them on 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 previous episodes, and I think it's always an area that's that's worth revisiting. From you know, there's there's never I don't think you can ever cover it off. And I think distributed, non desk based. I think we've covered covered called them in the past like offline workers. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 I think you know we'll t- maybe talk about this a little bit more. I think even even some of them that 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 might include people who you know I've worked in factories before, where the, you know people don't have a uh, their own their own login account. They don't even have, a, mm. have an email address in, in some cases. Um, but but I mean, I guess it's easy to, for us to sort of jump to conclusion that everybody who you know everybody kind of knows what those challenges are. But uh, but what are some of the challenges of communicating with people with with people who are not conventional? You know, sit in front of a laptop or a desktop. Well, what are what are some of the issues that, that uh, an app and and or, or what you know that, that anybody who has those people working in their organization needs to be really thinking about in terms of making sure that they're you know switched on engaged know what's going on feel connected feel feel connected to what the organization's doing um, and then maybe we can maybe talk more specifically about about you know how how we as communicators can can overcome some of those challenges so what are some of those challenges for offline non-connected people as it were yeah well i think you know the first thing that comes to mind i imagine for most people is obviously you know it's practically difficult to reach you know customers that we work with have probably tried different things or try currently use multiple channels it might be sms might be you know a newsletter in the post it might be sort of toolbox talks where it gets people together at the start or end of a shift um mm. you know 
digital signage, you know, lots of lots of different ways that people are trying to disseminate information and definitely having a, a mobile app that has that has very high adoption is is just cut through um, a lot of that complexity. Mm. But I think, you know, the way we think about this is is the, it's kind of the other way around. It's how do we give those workers a voice um, both locally and, and, and kind of in a broader context? So mm. how do we connect them with each other? How do we form um, um, groups inside the organization so that people feel like they have a strong bond with, with their coworkers? How do we enable local oper- operations managers um, to, to be available to the frontline workers if they've got a challenge where they can't come into work or they've got a, a personnel concern or they've got uh, yeah. or they want to swap a shift like how do we make those those types of interactions uh, on a local level much much easier um and um and, and, and you know across the organization then how do we um how do we enable people to have a sense of 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 agency and belonging and a sense of uh, say in their own destiny so Mm. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of on the on the product side. We put a lot of work into developing functionality around listening uh, better um, to, to people. And there's a lot more. That I think there's, there's a huge amount more that we, that we and, and, and society can can do there. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that's that's definitely some of the some of the challenges. Um, I think one of, one of the big challenges that historically um, has happened in this space is, um, you know, the, the friction of of installing a sort of workplace app on on your personal smartphone is quite high. So whereas, you know, I turn up at work and I open a URL in my browser and I got and I can access multiple applications through my through my browser on, on your on your phone, downloading and installing those multiple apps, you know, one for surveys, one for onboarding, one for health and safety, one for background checks, whatever it is, um, it is really high. So so that's made, you know, sort of deploying mobile technology to frontline workers really, really challenging to date. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I, 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 I agree with you on that. I mean, we, we've, we, we, I've seen this, and I've spoken to people about this. There's, there's, there's certainly an interesting, um, there's an interesting cultural difference I find in certain parts of the world where it's okay for you to use your business phone for for business use, uh, for, for your personal phone for business use, and in some places where you know you see people, well, people going around with two different phones, and uh, yeah. and 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 you know, kind of that sort of strange schizophrenic nature of not not, not sure which which am I? This is is it is it my personal phone or my work phone? Because sometimes they're exactly the same model and brand as well. Um, mm. And then, <laughs> um, but then also I agree with what you said there, which is. Um, I think it's very difficult for people when they've got, you know, they're, they're potentially going to have to upload lots of different apps uh, to, to be able to interface with all of these things. So, and I think I think that's one of the things that you you talked about was that, um, you know, getting people to 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 uh, to, imp- and I know it's a pain in the you know backside to have to do all those things as well. So, so I think what what interested me when we were spoke we spoke about this a few weeks ago before we uh, you know we were planning this interview was that you what you'd said and I think this is a really important lesson for anybody who's planning any communications obviously whether it's with an app like yours or, or anything is to is to kind of piggyback the kind of messages that you want to get out there the ones that are kind of a bit more push and, and not as much pull on the back of the pull messages so for example i always always taught what you know working in a, in a in a manufacturing environment that people you could hide it in the darkest recesses of the factory about what shift pattern people were working how much they were getting paid um what overtime was available next week and they would find it whereas if you wanted to go and sort of tell people about um you know the, ne- the next the company strategy or or the company vision people would kind of hide away and you you could never find them and, and it, it was that <laughs> idea of of piggybacking the stuff that people aren't always recept- as receptive to and we do need to kind of put it out to them uh, on the stuff that they will find come what may and just making it really easy for them to do this. So I think that's one of the philosophies behind your your app. And, and I think, as I say, is a transferable 
not sort of thing. So how did you come come at that? And is that a fair kind of assessment of what you what you do and how you do it? Yeah, definitely. We talked at the start about kind of my journey to this point. And in, in my last company, when we were building that software internally, the, the key thing we learned was starting with solving problems and challenges that our workers had was how we built goodwill. That's how we introduced this app as a daily habit. That's how we added value to their lives. And by doing those th- those sort of things first, um, so, you know, that might be giving them one-click access to pay slips. You might be giving them one-click access to timesheets. You might be giving them one-click access to their benefits. But by putting it all in one place, that becomes somewhere they go every day. Um, and as you said, you know, you can, you know, if there's shifts available or overtime available or other things that, that kind of interest people, putting those in that place as well, that creates a, a, a great um, opportunity to be leveraged where you can, of course, you can then start uh, layering in additional functionality, additional communication styles or types, um, you know, whether that's the company kickoff or whether that's a new initiative you wanted to 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 promote, you know, the mm. fact that you've got somewhere that people are going every day, that digital hub. But I think really, you know, starting with that kind of jobs to be done framework, so really thinking about your 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 workers' daily lives. What are they trying to achieve? How are they currently achieving it? And is there a way you can make it easier for them or take friction out of it? Um, that that's the right way to kind of start thinking about this this problem. And then mm. you know, I, I think once you start doing that and you start um, taking out minutes or tasks out of their day and making their lives easier, then they're going to want to engage with with an app. They're going to want mm. to engage with your with your messaging. They're going to want to engage with other things that are going on inside of that that sort of digital portal, that digital world, that digital employee experience, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, we approach this very much from a, a frontline workers' um, daily life and, and how how can we make it easier? How can we use technology to, to save them time? Yeah, and I and, and I think it's it, it is a really important transferable thing, and it's that you know it goes beyond just what's in it for me, but but really thinking about, I think it, it is multiple elements to me. It's like a a a trusted source of advice is always of information is a really good place then to be able to put these these kind of more deeper, more corporate messages, perhaps that you want them to absorb. Um, but also, I think there's a there's a sort of a there's a bit of a, a bond of, of of a psychological contract thing going on there, which is, you know, it's almost like don't expect me to engage with your your information about the business strategy and vision if you can't even give me some basic information about you know my terms and conditions or where I go to if I've got this sort of talk of problem. So I think there's almost like you know it's like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you've got to satisfy those basic needs first through a communication process, and then you can layer up the more kind of sort of self-actualizing, more higher level, more more engaging stuff, I guess. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. I was talking to um, a CHRO of a large US healthcare organization last week, and they, they, they were talking about it very much about reaching people where they are. And I think that's a great mm. phrase because it, it alludes to both the practical element of where they are being normally on their, you know, we all spend too much time staring at our personal smartphone screen all day. Mm. So, mm. But it also alludes to a more sort of psychologically like where they are in 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 their daily life. You know, they've got a lot going on. Um, with family, with 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 their own lives, and you know, top of their mind might not be to check their company news feed to see what you know the latest is happening inside the company today, mm. but it might be to, to to check if there's an extra shift available, or if they can book some holiday or book some leave, or it might be um, to check in what's happening in a social club that they're that they're interested in, and then you know, while while you've got them there, while they are in that 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 that, that mental place maybe that's an opportunity to reach them with some other content if they've got a couple of moments spare yeah. um, while yeah. they're inside the application. 
definitely definitely one of the things we were talking about when we had our pre-interview chat we were talking about the fact that um technology has, has democratized communications in the you know it's made it very easy for us all to become publishers and 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 our own you know like like my podcast you know i'm a kind of podcaster now which <laughs> i couldn't have done you know i could, I could probably have done it 10 years ago but it would have been probably yeah. a lot of friction but nowadays it's dead easy um but you've also said when we were talking that that has kind of there's a bit of a polarized things into the haves and the has not have nots in terms of access and being able to use that technology. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit more, Sean? Yeah, you know, I, I think you kind of alluded to it really, but there's never been a time when us as kind of desk-based workers, if, if you have a laptop and you're connected to the company on it, you've never had so much information. You've never had so many tools. I mean, arguably, probably too many. You've yeah. never had so many yeah. communication channels. Um, and you, you've never had... And, and and that's you know that started with things like email and intranets, but actually now it's far more multi-dimensional, um, especially with sort of peer-to-peer collaboration and teams able to, to be spun up very quickly and and, and swarm around issues with, with a whole plethora of different tools and technologies, uh, and that's been very empowering. And you know, and obviously we've seen a sort of transformation in in organisational design over the last kind of 20, 30 years, um, to far more decentralised, agile teams that are far more autonomous. Um, I, th- I think you know if you then look at the people who don't have those laptops, don't have those tools, don't have those that information, um, who don't necessarily you know their working lives haven't transformed in the same way. Now I'm not saying they should transform in the same way, but mm. actually you know, giving those people access to better information, better tools, um, giving them more, empowering them more to be autonomous, to make decisions themselves, to have a sense of agency, to have a say in their own destiny at work. You know, I think can be equally as empowering, um, and that's definitely you know part of what sort of drives us um, here at here at Blink is 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 that um, that transition that we see happening on the front line at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and and um, I mean, in terms of that, again, without getting too kind of deep and philosophical about that, what what is it that organisations can do to to maybe redress some of that 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 um, that that kind of haves and has nots? Is it? I mean, is it literally just as simple as not having the actual devices or, or is there something else that organizations can be doing there that that kind of because because I, I i find this with you know when we again when we when we work with manufacturing clients when i talk to people in manufacturing environments you know in some cases it, you know there are is a generation of people who just don't use smart you know they're, they're terrified by smartphones i all admittedly that is getting probably smaller and smaller now um but is there something that organizations can do to you know make sure that those people who maybe don't have smartphones and aren't used to using things like facebook and twitter and 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 that sort of thing can still be engaged i know that's kind of outside the scope of what you do because that your your technology is is reliant on that sort of tech that use of those sort of devices but what can organizations do there do you think yeah so um you know, we have some case studies that we kind of throw around um, about reduction in employee turnover that's seen after rolling out Blink or the increase in employee satisfaction. And, mm. and customers kind of ask me, oh, you know, do you, do you really expect us to get this kind of change in, 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 in those numbers? And my answer is always no. Like, technology is not the answer here. Um, the companies that have seen a great success in, in making this transition are the ones where culturally the leadership have really lent into um, the concept of of giving their their workers more of a voice, um, who've set yeah. up frameworks and sent managers on training, and you know, done all the other stuff that we all try and do every day. But when you know, I'm the same here. At Blink. I'm, not, I'm not very good at half these things. Um, <laughs> it can be quite intimidating to, to 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 give everyone in the organization a voice. You know, the, the thought 
petrifies me, even at my own company. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think yeah. um, you know, leaning more into that open style of, of leadership with more authentic communication, more vulnerable, um, being more vulnerable, being more available, um, not polishing everything, you know, sending out that rough that rougher draft uh, um, via a slightly different medium that might allow you the sort of flexibility, you know, communicating via video. I, th- I think just just breaking down some of these sort of historical barriers of, of very, of very sh- structured, very corporate quote unquote styles mm. of communication that we all sort of fall back on because they're very comfortable. And um actually if we I've certainly found if if, if you do make yourself um more kind of emotionally available but also um just communicate on a more regular cadence with 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 more bite-sized comms in a in a, in a far more human way, you know, I, I I'm certainly finding here 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 in my in my role that, that actually that that kind of pays back dividends even though it can be feel very uncomfortable. So we see lots of our customers kind of doing that as well. I think I think I think we're all on this kind of journey together about what that really means. How far do you go? Like sometimes you go too far, and and, and like you know, there's not necessarily the social norms set up um, to understand you know always what's okay, what's not okay, and how you draw that line. And you know you know things like moderation of content at a digital level can be difficult as well, and all these sort of other challenges that you start uncovering when you go down this down this route but but yeah I, you know I, I think most of our customers are on the same path which is how do we form a sort of deeper bond between sort of what traditionally would have been kind of managers in English yeah. inverted brackets and 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 the front line or workers and, and kind of all come together around um the company problems the company mission around, and ultimately around your customers or around you know the, the community you're trying to serve yeah yeah definitely definitely um just one other thing that we covered talked about and, and again is an area we've covered before which is this idea of well, what you know what 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 should in, in internal communicators really be prioritizing in terms of their own development and and focus and i think we you've probably seen this as well is this sort of that we have seen a big shift or or a fairly sizable shift anyway over the pandemic where we've seen internal communications people sort of rising to the fore and really stepping up and being seen as you know that kind of trusted advisor role mm. but mm. i think we we both agreed when we 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 discussed it because we have similar touch points with with internal communicators and 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 that obviously we have that ability and benefit uh, sometimes to be able to step back and kind of compare and and and, and see what other, what people are doing but i think we both agreed that that we would we strongly advise communicators to be looking to to facilitate um, and 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 the, uh, communication between employees rather than just be the communications department, i.e., the corporate megaphone, and and actually making sure that communication, like you just said, there is happening all levels between line managers and employees, but also you know on a on a on a on a controlled basis between employees as well. Now we've got this all this technology available to us. What are your thoughts in terms of? that transition of of uh you know kind of uh, corporate megaphone and i'm using that you know deliberately sort of provocatively to to corporate in, internal trusted advisor change agent uh, able to use their their communication skills to facilitate communication rather than just being the only people who do communication if you know what i mean yeah it's a great question i mean we've just been through two years where um there's probably been the volume and the velocity um, and the intensity of the workload for for internal communications has never been higher. Mm. Um, and I th- you know, coming out of that, what's what's good about that, if I can draw a positive about that, not 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 to diminish any of the challenges, um, is you know, I think the role that internal comms play in, in certainly you know in, in most of the organisations that I see is, has only been sort of increased. Um, and and as you said, moving far more from a from from a back office function to someone who's sort of shoulder to shoulder with the executive team and the leadership team sort of helping 
craft that message. Mm. You know, I think what we see a lot of, as you just alluded to, is this kind of move from creation of content being the job of internal comms to more curation of content, curating stories that are already out there. And I think, you know, this very much ties into the trends that we all kind of know about in society around, around everyone being a creator, as you've said, you know, the best content ultimately can come from anywhere. Um, and actually, um, it, it, the best ideas can also, can also come from, from anywhere, but the challenge is just how do you curate that into something that kind of is aligned to your goals of your organization, to the values of your organization, um, and ultimately bring those kind of authentic stories and, and lead with those. Like we all know that stories resonate more than, than other types of messaging. So, you know, if you can find great examples already in your organization of things that are, are going well or things that you want to, um, um, call out as, as, as kind of, um, models to be adopted then 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 that's kind of becoming more the job of uh, of internal comms over over creating the content in the first place and we definitely see that happening at the same time as kind of leaders um also picking up the baton and wanting to to communicate more um but you know we all need help with that like i yeah I, I need help, you know, going on, going on, uh, I, I'd love to go on some training about, you know, how to be a better communicator, how to write better, how to talk better, how to share better, how to inspire action better. And I think, you know, it, you're increasingly seeing internal communications being that trusted advisor who's able to sort of, you know, um, push, push, push the leadership team in the right direction around yeah. improving some of their own skills. Um, and that's, that's definitely um, something I think everyone's working on. Yeah, I mean, I've, I know, I know um, a lot of the professional, a lot of the professional bodies for internal communicators, Institute of Internal Communications that I'm involved with, but also the IABC. I know they're all really pushing uh, an agenda of you know a competency framework that that really pushes people outside of that you know traditional um, publishing, uh, you know, copywriting kind of uh, thing that can be comfortable, but I think will ultimately probably become obsolete over the next ten years or so. As, um, as technology starts to get better at, at writing content for us, uh, <laughs> which is definitely happening. I know it's happening in journalism anyway. Um, um, just mo- just moving really to a, a conclusion, Sean, I, I, I think, you know, we good with your uh, perspective because you have a, you know, obviously you have a, your own platform and your own, your own business, which, which I can, you know, understand is a, is a, you know, you're kind of focused, but I know uh, like me, you probably see lots of different things and, and you can recognize different things. So just, just really just, in, I think we're going to be facing, if we've not already been through a huge amount of change over the last two years, I think the next five years are probably going to be even more disruptive, not, not necessarily because of pandemics perhaps, but, but because of the aftermath and, and the fact that we've, we've kind of opened the, 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 the Pandora's box in terms of how we can work now. What do you, this is kind of a bit of crystal ball but what are your thoughts in terms of, it might be kind of just repeating what we've just said, but what organizations and communications professionals really need to be able to do over the next five to 10 years in order to be center in front of the center of this 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 sort of massive transformation that we're probably going to be seeing uh, across not just the uk and europe but, but across the world uh, and what what that you know the role that comms plays in that i guess yeah so i think i think the hardest thing is just going to be cutting through the noise and and, mm. I, and I say that as someone whose app has can have too much noise in it in and of itself so mm. we definitely think about this problem a lot um the sheer volume of, you know, as you lower the barriers to, to everyone contributing to a conversation, obviously the, the sheer level of noise goes up. So I think, and I think about that probably in two ways. Like one is how do you create um, memorable content, campaigns, 
and messaging that's kind of very aligned to 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 the organization's mission that's very memorable and that's very evergreen and that, and that can really kind of rise above that noise in and of themselves and i think the second thing is then just how do you kind of curate the rest of the content in a way that's kind of again aligned to the organization's goals and aligned to its values um mm-hmm. in a way that, that kind of starts um, drawing together themes or drawing together um, um different different types of topics in, in a way that's, that's easily consumable or, or digestible so that ultimately you know a frontline worker or or anyone in the organization is able to consume that content in a, in a more memorable and, and, and slightly easier um to consume fashion so i think that that signal to noise ratio is going to be the sort of the number one problem that's, that's going to get probably worse before it gets better and that's yeah. certainly something yeah. we're, we're spending a lot of time thinking about yeah definitely i mean i it, it never ceases to amaze me you know, even in the era of of well, of kind of what we're now in terms of permission based marketing, so I always use. I think I think there's a lot of parallels between marketing and external marketing and, and internal yeah. comms. You know, in terms of how irritating is it that whenever you see a video that you want to watch on YouTube, you have to sit through sort of 20, 30 seconds of meaningless sort of random adverts that are absolutely completely irrelevant to you. Um, and, and how much of our comms contains that stuff that people just don't want or don't need. And, 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 and there must be better ways if that is really important to get it into their heads. And I do think that there's still a huge, amount of work that internal communicators need to do just to sort of simplify some of the messages and and actually help people prioritize which are really important and which are kind of nice to haves and i think the danger is is we just throw everybody at everybody we throw everything at everybody and just hope some of it sticks Mm -hmm. uh rather than prior you know kind of what, what what's most important for people to understand and 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 then using that as a framework to help them make sense of some of the other stuff that we're going to be passing their way yeah um Excellent. Well, what's what's the future looking like for you for you and for Blink? And what what are what are your you know the priorities for you? Obviously, um, more and more clients is always a good thing. But but <laughs> in terms of developing the technology, any 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 exciting developments for you that, that you'd you know, like to share or uh, anything that you can can share, I guess, publicly. Um, yeah, I, you know, we've got some pretty major releases coming this year. A lot of it is around the stuff we were just talking about. To be honest with you, it's about yeah. how we enable people to what we call amplifying great stories. So where, where stuff's happening locally, like how can we amplify it? So we've got some, some product releases coming around that. And then the second one is very much around that kind of signal to noise thing. It's, um, you know, how do we, how do we sort of, again, en- enable the best sort of content to bubble to the top um, in, in a more, in a more kind of thoughtful way than, than maybe has done, been done before. So we're spending a lot of time thinking about those two, those, those two, two areas from a product point of view. Mm. And then, yeah, elsewhere in the business, it's just recruiting, 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 to be honest with you. Wow. Uh, Craig, we're trying, yeah. trying to, trying to triple head count this year. So um, wow. yeah, trying to bring lots of great people into the business. Oh, fantastic. Well, good luck. Good luck with that. And on that note, if anyone would like to not necessarily reach out to you to apply for a job, but uh, well they might do but uh, anybody <laughs> wants to get into <laughs> if anyone gets to get, wants to get in touch with you i was going to put your your linkedin profile in, into the show notes anything else that you'd like to just signpost people to just in terms of you or or blink or if they are interested in applying anywhere that uh, we need to send them to uh yeah i mean just head to our website it's um it's joinblink.com j-o-i-n blink.com um, okay find everything there love, love to hear from you yeah, we'll pop we'll pop a we'll pop a link into that. And if any, anything else that you think of afterwards, Sean, or or, uh, or if Sandra thinks has anything that she wants to uh, push through to us, well, we can pop that into the show notes for you. Just uh, make it easy for people to uh, to find those things. Um, so 
Look, Sean, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, really, really interesting insights. And I, I know I know our audience are always really keen to hear about um, technology and how you can use technology. But I think what you've 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 done for for me and for us is to is to really kind of give a thoughtful side to that because I do think there is um, there is a lot of technology that's being used, but not always necessarily optim in an optimal way and in a very thoughtful way. So I think what you've indicated there are some some sort of timeless. Uh, principles that i think apply to apps or or to even to more conventional forms of communication as well i guess so that's been really helpful so thank you very much sean no worries craig thank you for the opportunity thanks thanks for the time it was great to yeah great to talk to you and and great to do this um i haven't done many of these so i hope it was somewhat useful Um, excellent really good really good thank you sean take care all the best all right mate thanks craig take care bye 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 So, thank you for listening to Engaging Internal Comms. Hope you found this episode useful. Um, We'd love to get your feedback and thoughts about the show. So, and and also any questions or ideas that you've got for things you'd like us to cover in future episodes. So, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form on our website, which is engagingic.com. Also, you'll be able to sign up for our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show new episodes and also anything that we think you might be interested when it comes to internal communications or employee engagement if you like the show and you haven't already done so please subscribe to it via your podcast service and also you can subscribe to it via the links on our podcast page which again is engagingic.com Um, If you know anyone else who might be interested in the show, please distribute it to them. Please let them know about it. We want to try and grow a community of people here who are contributing to the show, giving us new ideas for episodes and things that you'd like to cover in future. So thank you very much.